How's it going, folks? We are live again with the Sabbath School. We are uh, on lesson number eight, I believe. And um, Ricky is with us, which is kind of cool because, you know, I don't know if you mind me saying this or not, Ricky, yeah. but Ricky just got through having an operation a few a few days ago. Uh, just, for, yeah, uh, not just like a day and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double hernia, uh, as it turns out. You thought it was just one hernia, but it actually was two. So yeah. we're not going to... We're going to try not to make Ricky laugh Please, or no. get too excited. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Ricky, we didn't think you were going to be here today, and I'm just really thankful that you are. And also, we have uh, two very special guests with us. Now, you guys, um, if you watched last week's podcast, you'll remember Dave, and um, we brought his lovely wife along. We actually talked her into doing this. Now, they're a great team in the regular Sabbath school upstairs. And uh, so we just thought we'd bring their dynamics and their and their their charisma down here and and uh to join us and and to teach the sabbath school and and that's um that's what they've agreed to do now now dave he's uh, currently an engineer but he was in the past a, a teacher I, I believe and probably did quite a few other trades as well but his wife as well was a was a teacher you guys were both in hawaii for quite a while oh, yeah. every year awesome. yeah. yeah so um they kind of bring that along with them, that that teaching skills and stuff like that. So very good. I, I enjoy it. They're a treat. Believe me, we're blessed. <laughs> yeah. So you know, with that introduction, we'll just hand it over to you guys, and and it's all yours. Thanks a lot. That's a little tough to live up to. <laughs> um, I guess before we get going here, we should have a word of prayer. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to. Open your word this morning. We pray that you will send your spirit to be with us, that what we say will be the words that you have given us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, the, uh, the lesson this morning has a very interesting title. It's called Seeing the Invisible. And I wonder how many of you folks have ever seen invisible things. <laughs> Um, I can't say that I have. Uh, beings that they're invisible, that'd be a little tough <laughs> oh, to... Oh, yeah, it's kind of a strange title, isn't it? Now, there are times when I hear things that didn't really happen, but I've never seen anything that was invisible. Something that's never happened like that? You... I can sit in a room and I hear my phone ping when it didn't ping. Uh, waking up in the morning the same way. I just... Things happen... I think it has to do with age. Really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were scaring me there, Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at the, at the memory text this morning. It's found uh, in Hebrews 11 and verse 27. It says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Who are we talking about here? Um, Moses. Moses, it of has course. to be Moses. Yeah, this is Moses. That's yeah. right. It's Moses. Moses endured. He wasn't afraid of the Egyptians. He endured as seeing him who is him, who is invisible. God. 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 God Himself. Moses had a special relationship with God. Mm. Awesome. And that's something that we should each strive for. Don't yeah, you think? yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, a couple of things I'd like to, to read out of, the, out of the quarterly here. The definition of faith in the book of Hebrews is always challenging. Mm. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. How can we be sure about what we do not see? And what is, this, what is the reference here? What are we supposed to see that we can't see? Um... Well, we're supposed to be, when we're, when we're living by faith, we're supposed to be seeing, you know, God without being able to see him, we're, you know, and to see his plan and to see his, uh, everything that he's unfolding before us. Um, it's kind of like a description of the wind, right? We can't see the wind either, but we know it's there because we can yeah. feel the effects yeah. of it. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Then we got the word. We're blessed we have the word to go by. Okay, is this seeing then necessarily physically seeing God? I think it's I more seeing it in your mind. Okay, yeah, in right. your heart. Yes, you've you've read the promises that He's made, mm -hmm. and accepted that He is a loving Father, and so when things come up that 
you don't quite understand, well, they, you kind of recall those promises that he's given you, and that way you, you kind of get a picture that he's still there. Yeah, okay. definitely, okay. because he, he works in each and every one of our lives. I know he's worked in mine. He's worked in... So we have evidence that he does exist. Evidence. I like that. Evidence. We can see his work in our lives Amen. and in the lives of so others. So something just popped into my mind right now, right. as it often does. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me if it's any good or not. Um, Dwight L. Moody, remember how he was doing those experiments with sight and how he proved that we don't see with our eyes, we see with our minds. And so he would do these different experiments mm. where he put these glasses on that would invert everything upside oh, yes, down. Yes, I saw that. Uh -huh. Did you remember that one? Uh -huh. yes. And after a while, everything, yes. his mind corrected yep. it. Huh. And then when he took them off, his mind had to correct it again because now everything looked upside down. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, that was cool. fascinating what, what uh, goes on inside the head. So well, he that, proved that we that. see with our minds and not our eyes. Our eyes, yeah. our eyes bring in the information, but our brain interprets it. So maybe mm -hmm. that will, duck, you know, we can dovetail that into yeah, whatever yeah. Dave is That Sounds good. Yeah. It is even more challenging to realize that we are called upon to see Him who is invisible, mm. not simply when times are good, but especially when everything is going wrong. Yeah. Everything ever go wrong? Never. Never. Actually, quite often. You know, quite a, you're not supposed to lie, right? That is breaking the commandment. When you become a Christian, many people think, oh, everything now is going to be cool. Yeah. It's all taken care of. It's all good now. No problems. Smooth is that sailing. the case? No, no. Quite the opposite. Actually, when you come to the Lord, things, you get tested. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. The devil doesn't like it when people come to Jesus. No. That no. makes him really angry, and so he begins to attack. Yep. We become targets. Yep. That's exactly what we Wow. Become. Well, then why would we want to become Christian? Yeah, why would we want to go through all this trouble to endure all these hardships that are promised us? Because we know that Jesus can beat yes. Satan. He's already defeated him, and anything that Satan tries to do now, he's, he's a defeated foe. Uh -huh. He's our reward. It's Jesus. I mean, and we know if he's on our side, who can be against us? Oh, yeah. you're getting ahead of us, but we'll get there. Oh, that's that's all right. <laughs> so wasn't it, uh, somebody brought up the question, um, if you could um, uh, go through a hardship for an X amount of time, you know, let's say 24 hours, 48 hours, I mean, uh, you watch these people on these survival shows, they, they go through like 21 days or 40 days of, of sheer just torture to get to the finish line, right? Uh -huh. But there's this great re reward at the other end of that. and uh, That's it. And would you rather go through a hardship now for a great reward in the end? A lifetime, I mean forever, or, never, never yeah. ending. Uh -huh. Or would you rather have good times now knowing that it's going to end? Uh, could you really have a good time if you knew it was going to yeah, end? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I see... I know as I've been getting older, I don't know for you guys, but 10 years is like that. Yes. The older <laughs> you get, the faster the time seems so to go. So it's 40 years. Yeah. 50 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. mm -hmm. I used to uh, work with a, a fellow who was not a Christian, and his whole philosophy was live a great life and leave a good-looking corpse. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's that, it. That was it. Yeah. I, I, there has to be more. There, there is. There, you know, and it's crazy. It's sad. Yeah. It's really sad. It is. Absolutely. The bumper sticker, Absolutely. the one with dies with the most toys wins. Yes. Yeah. That's his attitude. Yeah. That was his attitude. Yeah. Just live yeah. it up now because, you know, this is all you have. Yeah. Well, if God really loved me, he would do blank. Oh, yeah. So You'd give me everything I ever wanted, right? There you go. <laughs> I think there's a text to that effect. Huh? Okay, we'll, co we'll cover that. We will. Uh, I wonder how many times that thought has flickered through your mind. If God really loved if me. If he really did love me, things would be different. I wouldn't have to go through this. Oh, yeah. man. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's because he loves us. That we go through it. Mm -hmm. huh. 
What is the process? Why why does he allow us to go through these troubles, Ricky? Because he's uh, he's purifying us. He's uh, uh, we're in the crucible, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> yes. The whole set of lessons this uh, quarter, the crucible, and that's what it's all about. I, I believe uh, Satan, he's out there, like Ruth was talking earlier. He don't want us to go to Christ, so he's doing all that he can to mess us up, to mm-hmm. get us to fall back onto his side. But the Lord allows him to do it in order to purify us. Look at Job. Yeah, oh, it's just man. amazing. God is so awesome, man. It's uh, good and evil yeah. for the yeah. glory of God, for the purpose of God. Wow. I know. I think another reason we go through them is that at least for me, when someone tells me something, I may believe them, but I may forget it in a little while. When I have to experience something, yes. I don't forget as quickly. Nope. And I think that God lets us learn by experience sometimes because he knows that those lessons will stay with us longer. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I agree. And it's important for that to be burned into our minds because sin is so deadly. It's so mm-hmm. dangerous. It's so destructive that we have to learn to be able to hate it. Yep. And the only way we're going to hate it is, is go, go through, through some it. of these troubles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Faith comes into action precisely at those times we are tempted to doubt God and his goodness. Let me read that again. Faith comes into action precisely at those times we are tempted to doubt God and his goodness. When we are suffering these trials... It's pretty easy to throw up your hands and say, why, God, you're, you're not here. Yeah, very easy. Yeah, because uh, I, was, I was listening to you read that, and I'm thinking, well, that's not how it works for me because it's usually the opposite. Faith is usually, like, far from me when I'm struggling, and, I mean, that's, that's what I experience. I mean, it, it, it's really tough to connect with God when you're in those times. Exactly. You're playing the devil's game there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, and that's the true test. Well, you it's get swallowed up in, test. yeah, you get swallowed up in self pity. Yeah, and that's yeah. the trap. Pity, yep. That's the big. Yeah, trap. so when it becomes about self, we generally have issues. Yeah. Let's open the Bible to Romans chapter eight, uh, verses twenty-eight to thirty-nine. A lot packed into this section. Romans eight. 28 to 39, I'll start with 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? Oh, yeah. Even these bad things? Yeah, definitely. When times are good, I believe that. Ah. I don't know. I believe it just because I've been going through it, and I'm sure you guys have too. Over time, I think you do come to... um, Think of, of God when the when the trouble begins instead of after you're into it up to mm. your knees. Uh, this, this is another thing, unfortunately, it comes with age mm-hmm. and experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was young, I, I, I had not the picture I have of God now mm. that I have now. Uh, I would throw up my hands and say, where are you? You're supposed to be here helping me through this when all the time he is. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't realize it. But as I look back, it's amazing the things that he's done. I know, right? (laughs) And and we were cussing him out. (laughs) Yeah. We were cussing him out. Yeah. Well, what about like um, that footprints? Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Yes, yes. When when you look back, you saw the two footprints. or No, no, just the one footprint, but God said I was carrying you. He was carrying you. Yes, yes. Well, verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined these... He also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. (laughs) The creator of the universe is on your side. Yeah. You're going to win. (laughs) How are you going to lose that battle? You can't. You cannot. Unless, unless you just force God out of your life. That's right. That's yeah. Right. That's, that's right. a yeah, horrible yeah. loss. That's a horrible loss. Verse 33, who shall bring a change against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? 
It is a Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who better to make intercession for us than Jesus Christ? <laughs> I would take no other. He's gone through it all, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's our perfect advocate. And he <laughs> could sympathize with us. Exactly. <laughs> And that, that's why it's so real, because he was tested in all ways that where we are tested. Yeah. Yeah. He has empathy for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. in world courts, you often, I mean, the one thing that you fear when you go before the judge is that they don't understand your circumstances, mm-hmm. right? That's the biggest thing that you fear. Like, there's, like they're somehow removed from your world. Exactly. You know, and, but that's not true with Jesus. Yeah. He's definitely right there with us. He was there. Yeah, if we didn't have him. We only had the God the Father. Then maybe there would be a case that, that there was the empathy there is not real. Yeah, but uh, he went through it all. Yeah, Jesus. Went, went ah, I don't know. All. God so loved the world. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who yeah. shall separate us from the love of Christ? This is verse thirty-five. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written? For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Go ahead. This is crazy because I've been watching like uh, little documentaries on the Waldensians. Mm, And this fits perfect to what they were all going through. Yes. Hiding in caves. Yeah, hiding <coughs> in caves. and uh, But they stayed fast on the Lord. They stayed right, faithful right. with the Lord. And mm-hmm. they didn't let it stop them from preaching the word mm-hmm. to the rest of the world. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Well, going on, verse 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Nothing can tear you away unless you allow it to happen. And I always go back to verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Even if it looks like we're losing. Right, right. Because we know we have an eternal reward forever. This is only temporary. We may have to suffer death. We may have to suffer hunger. We may have to suffer imprisonment. Well, did anyone other than Christ ever have to suffer death? <laughs> yeah. I think you know, almost all of them. What about the disciples? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every one of them. Every one of them was persecuted and put to death. Oh, even before Christ, too. Yes. Look at uh, who was it? Isaiah was sawed in half, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. man, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Look at John the Baptist. I mean, yeah. even Jesus said there was not a greater prophet than yeah. John the Baptist, but he was beheaded. Yeah, and if you look at that as his yeah. final reward, then you have issues. Well, then look. But that's at, not his final reward, is it? And look at uh, John right there. He questioned. That was his crucible that he was going through. Mm-hmm. He he questioned. Well, is this ask him or whatever if he is the one or if we look for another? After he already said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which mm-hmm. take away the sin of the mm-hmm. world." He had his doubts. He had yeah. his doubts. Yeah, yeah, and and which is. Uh, kind of encouraging to someone like me because here's the greatest prophet that ever lived, according to Jesus, and he had doubts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You he know. was faulty he like discouraged. us. He got discouraged. Yeah. He had a moment of discouragement. He was very human. Very human. Even Jesus, I think, was discouraged at some point. The humanity in Jesus was discouraged, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and even to the point of, um, you know, where he cried out to God, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I think he knew the answer. Mm-hmm. But it was just so overwhelming that he he just had to vocalize it. He had to. Oh yeah, Jesus. He he had to have our same weakness. Well, he held the, within himself the burden of sin, and yeah. not just my sin or yours, but all sin. Can you imagine it? I, I, history. I felt the weight of my sin, and it was way too much for me to handle. I couldn't. I couldn't bear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. just mine. And that can be very discouraging. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're not looking up. That's a good point. We can't even handle our own sins. How can we handle the sins of the world like Christ right. did and be yeah. able to bear them? Yeah. What yeah. a tremendous, tremendous God we have. Can you yeah. imagine that way? He was suffering. The Lord was suffering so I don't bad. think he scarcely felt the sting of the whip or the or the <laughs> those nails going into his hand. He scarcely felt those. I often wonder if we are we get to the point where we will be sacrificed because of our faith in Christ if we won't have that same experience. In other words, we will not feel it. Well, there's stories of the martyrs yes. who sang as they were burning. And they, and, and they brought Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they wore praises their, to God. And they wore their best attire mm-hmm. when they were going to be buried alive. Like yeah. the women yeah. and the children are buried alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would, they would dress up because they knew. It was an honor. Yeah, their next moment they were, right. visiting, they were right. seeing Jesus. Well, this, this portion <laughs> of the lesson that I've been going through here is on Sunday. And the title of that portion is Our God's Extravagance. Mm. Is God extravagant? Oh, in yeah. the way he cares for his people, yeah. you can't explain it. If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? I don't think there's anything that he wouldn't do for us except for compromise our situation here on earth that's what he's not willing to do in other words by giving me riches and everything that i my heart desireth he would compromise my my salvation my position with him because he knows my the wickedness of my heart Mm -hmm. and hopefully when i'm praying god your will not my will you know i mean it and then that empowers god to be able to withhold all those things that he probably does want to give us, mm-hmm. that he's dying to give us, you know, mm-hmm. like a good father would with his son, but he knows better because they don't want to spoil the child. And I think his first interest is in us making it to his kingdom right? above all things. And these hardships that we suffer are good for, they're a vital component in transforming this wicked heart. Yep. I mean, they really are that necessary, and he hates doing it. He hates allowing these things with his people. He must, because how would he enjoy any kind of suffrage? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that think that God is like this um, uh, totalitarian, you know, fear-mongering, you know, God of wrath. Like he don't have no sympathy for us? Like he has no sympathy. (laughs) He's far removed from us and everything else, and they're completely missing. I mean, they've bought the lie. I mean, that has to be a lie, right? I mean, it's a big lie, but... Yeah, we know it's a lie. We know that God so loved us, he gave his only son for us. I mean, he he's made every way of escape for us. And if we go through the pain, yeah, he's with us. He feels the pain as we feel the pain. Of course he does. It talks about it in the Scripture. It I does, don't know exactly absolutely. right where it is right now, but I, I remember it. Is God selfish? No. Oh, absolutely not. 100% no. If he were, would he have given up his only son? Nope. No. 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 Did he know his son would get through this? No. Yes. He knows all things. Okay. Right. Yes, but that was a tremendous risk. He could have chose. What, what, if, what if the humanity in Christ would have overwhelmed who God... I mean, I, I think about this. I... There's a part in your mind, God can do all things, right? Right. Nothing that God can't do, but he can't change the human heart. There's things that he can't do, right? There's, there's limitations that God has. He won't coerce in any way anyone. I'm he, sure he could if he wanted to. He could. He could put the fear in us that we would just yeah, do anything. Yeah. But he hmm. will not do that. No, it's That's not Satan's God. method. Yeah, That's exactly. Satan's method. That's exactly the, the means by which Satan employs to, to coerce. Mm-hmm. His subjects into force, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, God, He freely, <laughs> He's a free God. But to come down and be so vulnerable as a little baby, yeah, I, I mean, He put it literally all on the line. I don't think people mm-hmm. really think a whole lot into that. And when He was on the cross, He didn't see His resurrection. He knew He had been promised, mm-hmm. and He believed His Father's promise, but He couldn't see it. Wow. The weight of sin. Right. was so heavy on him that he he had to trust his father because there was no other way he could have endured it. 
Oh my Lord, uh, can you imagine just when you were saying that and thinking about how uh, when he, he felt separated from it, his father, when mm-hmm. he's like, God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, with all that weight? Mm-hmm. Can you only imagine? Like you, Carrie, I've, I've thought about what I would have done if I were in his position. I'm sorry, I would have destroyed the earth a long time ago. It's too much work. Yeah. Yep, go for it. Just yeah. just get rid of these people. They're no good. Well, here's a question. Yeah, right? I mean, look how we've treated them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question that kind of summarizes up here. Uh, how could we possibly think that God would send Jesus to die for us and then turn mean and ugly? Yeah, right. <laughs> hmm. Or stingy. Or fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, the two don't go together. I'm sorry. How can sweet water and bitter water flow from the same spring? <laughs> right. Is that how that goes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is it possible? In other words, it's happening. It's it's observable in humankind. The sweet water and the bitter water flows from the same spring. But how is this possible? Right. Right. Well, we're going to run over here to the book of John. Book of John. I'm going to start. Uh, with my favorite text of all in the scripture, John 14. So the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. And chapter 14. And I'm going to start with the first three verses because they're my all-time favorite. This is from the New King James. Let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. That's who's, who's speaking here. Jesus. Jesus is, yeah. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Very important Amen. four words. I will That's come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. This kind of, I don't know about the, this, this thing about God being selfish. Yeah, right? Is he selfish in this case? No. no. He wants us to be with him. Yeah. I don't know. That's That's... He loves us, and that's why he wants us to be with him. Okay, okay. Well, let's look at uh, John 14, 14. John 14, 14. Actually, we're going to do 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. I want a new car. I want a new house. I want a new wardrobe. <laughs> Are there people who ask for those things? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure probably every one of us have as well. And sometimes he gives us things like that. If I need if a we new need car, it. and if I ask in Jesus' name, what does it mean, asking in Jesus' name? It means... According to his will. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I know what his will is? The Bible tells us. You have to Ooh. do some research, I suppose. Research. <laughs> there's, a, there's a tough word. There are many Christians out there today who have no clue what this book says yeah. because they don't read it. Yep. They don't read it. They, they depend on someone else telling them what it says, and that has led to all kinds of misinformation. Very dangerous. Very, yeah. very. And the whole world is in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I used to be in it. I mean, there's so many lies that I thought were truths mm-hmm. until, I'm, yeah, like you were talking about, I actually started studying. And I was like, oh, all my thoughts that I thought before, they're not Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It was all from a man, from a sermon, from, yeah. From you run across this so often, people will, when you when you confront them with Bible truths that conflict with their pet ideas— I mean, I was raised in the Adventist church, but does that make me immune from crazy ideas? No. I've had some crazy ideas over the years. I'm sure you have. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it probably comes as a shock, doesn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you're confronted with these things, it, it is. It, you're at a crossroads at that point. You're at a, 
you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. What am I going to believe? And that Mm -hmm. can be very difficult decisions, too, because they're life-changing decisions, not always perspectively in a good way either. I mean, you know, changes that can alienate you from your whole family, changes that can change your job status, your whole life, where you're living, your your geographical location. I mean, these are big decisions. How do we end our prayers usually? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Okay, so if I want a new car, if I pray for it and end in Jesus' name, am I going to get that new car? (laughs) There are are groups out there today who believe that. Gospel, yeah. Well, you know, and I, I have seen God bless people with things. As sure, well. sure. And well, I mean, myself personally. So, mm-hmm. what's what's an example? Well, I mean, uh, before I used to be a junkie and alcoholic and all the other stuff. Never owned anything. Then when I came and came to the Lord and found out the Lord is there, that uh, uh, started getting. I got a car. Started, you know. I eventually got a wife, I got, you know, a house, I got all that other stuff that anyone could ever want in this world. Yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. things will be added unto okay, you. Okay, so there's the prerequisite of seeking God's kingdom oh. first. Put it all on the line, and then he'll make sure we're taken to care of. his yeah. glory. Amen. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll make this super fast. I don't want to cut into your guys' time, but my wife, you guys might have heard a little bit of this story, prayed for money one time before we moved up to Montana, and we actually dug up $32,000 in gold coins. That's amazing. I know, right? (laughs) just blows me away. I I need to follow her around. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it it was obviously God's will that that we have that money. and and that we you know that was necessary. That would have been so awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> it was a mind blower. Yeah. It was a mind blower, an absolute mind blower. I'm but, sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. When our request is in the name of Jesus, we can be certain that the whole machinery of heaven is at work on our behalf to fulfill our requests. It is a heart thing. I can say the the words. In Jesus' name, amen, and not mean him, mm. but he knows okay. if I mean it. That's right, he sure does. Okay. He can read the intent of the heart. Yeah. Yeah, you can't pull, can't pull the wool over his eyes, can what, you? What if, you're, <laughs> what if you're a missionary and you need, to, you need to reach out to X amount of people and you, the only thing holding you back is some money or some, or some means, some material means of getting it done by praying for those things? That would fall under God's will, 100%, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, we read a lot of stories of missionaries and people doing this exact thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I often ask this question of my fellows. Uh, what is the root of all evil? The love of money. You jumped ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. You jumped ahead. Most of them reply, money. Got it. It's not money. It's it not is money. the love of money. It's who it's you're putting money ahead of everything else. No. Nope. There's nothing wrong with having money. No. Nope. Okay. You could do a lot of good with money. While the power of God may come with dramatic effect, as when Jesus calmed the storm, mm-hmm. it also may come in quietness, unnoticed. Oh. So I guess the only thing we can do is be observant. Do God's will, pray to God, and then observe. And with that, I will turn it over to my better half. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, I have a question for you. Do you ever feel powerless? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. It's not a comfortable feeling to feel like you're powerless. And um, humans often feel that way. Sin makes us feel that way. Things Mm. happen that are totally out of our control, and um, we we just we can't hardly cope with it. Especially when I'm suffering like some something in life, you know, when you're going through that that Mm -hmm. persecution, that those fires, the trials, or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's that's when that comes in the heaviest. Yeah. 
someone dies or someone gets uh, irreparably damaged or you lose everything you have, like those folks in Kentucky that uh, they flooded out oh recently. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to begin to clean up after a flood. Mm. Uh, just shambles. But, and a lot of them don't have insurance to help them recover. So there's just all kinds of situations in life where we are powerless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we're going to learn about some power that we can tap into. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians. And we'll read verses 18 to 23 of chapter 1. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Chapter Verses 18 to 23. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying. That's okay, <laughs> take your time. Ephesians 1, 18 to 23. The eyes of your understanding be in, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Hmm. Can you think of anything more powerful than resurrecting someone from the dead? <laughs> no. Um, that is the one thing that science, you know, I've always said, look, if you're going to, if I'm going to believe in evolution, I want to see some scientific experience. I want to see a, like a lab experiment where life is created. Mm-hmm. Once they do that, they've got my attention. Until then, no. I'm, I'm completely tuned out to everything that they're saying. But God, on the other hand, who can raise people from the dead? You got my attention. All right. <laughs> I uh, I heard a story once that was just blew me away. Somebody was was challenging God. I can create life, and you know, on a test tube or whatever. And I, I'll do it the way God did it. So he, he went out and you know the backyard and started digging around in the dirt and picked up some soil. And God said, but wait a minute. Use your own soil. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Well, looking at God having that kind of power that he could create life in the first place, that he can resurrect from the dead. And then he told Jesus that all power was given to him in heaven and in earth. What kind of hope should that give us when we hear those things? Yeah. Um, I think it's awesome hope because I know that there's also a judgment going on and he's my, he's my lawyer. (laughs) He's my judge. (laughs) He's, uh, he's, he's my witness. He's everything. It's like, it's like everything is stacked on my side to win. Mm, that's mm-hmm. a good way of put. Yeah, here's a here's a God that intensely loves us, who fought for us in every way possible, who's equipped us with everything that we need for salvation, and now He's fighting on our behalf. You know, in the courts. You know, and if He's given all power, like He doesn't answer to anybody higher. No. If He says, "Good," that's good. It's good. That's, good. <laughs> that's it. Yes, that is it. Well, there's a couple things that Paul's trying to tell the Ephesians in this text. One is that there is the hope of transformation and an eternal future to which Jesus has called us. He wants to give the Ephesians hope. He wants to give us hope because it's easy to get discouraged. It really is. And the second thing is that we understand the power that was manifested on our behalf. Can we really understand that? I think we can begin to, but I don't think we can fully comprehend it. I think we're probably in eternity. We're going to be working on figuring this stuff out. I don't think we're ever going to get to the fullness of the understanding of it. We're just going to keep going from glory to glory. Amen. Well, it goes on here, says the resurrection didn't simply give Jesus just any sort of power. 
It gave him the power to rule and provide every possible thing his people could ever need for all eternity. Mm -hmm. And then it asks a question down here at the bottom. It suggests that you make a list of the areas in your life where you need power. And then when you're finished, pray that this power will be applied to all these areas of need. I was thinking about that, and there are certain things in my life that it seems like I never can get the victory of. It seems like I do well for a while, and then all of a sudden I get blindsided, and I'm right back at it. Hmm. How do we tap into the power of Jesus to get the victory in things like this? Oh, man, that's such a good question. I mean, you're sitting there explaining it, and I'm going, yep, that sounds familiar. Um, But how do we get past that? I don't know. I I know in personal, because I know it's a fight with all sins, and I've had victory over sins Mm -hmm. through the Lord, but I knew they never came easy. I knew I'd have the victory sometimes, sometimes I wouldn't. I'd have the victory sometimes, sometimes I wouldn't. It was a constant battle. But after a while, the temptation wasn't as bad as it was before. Then it was like, it's not really anything anymore. That's what I've learned anyway. I, I wonder if the answer to that is in prayer. We're, we're told that we should be praying continually. Amen. Yes. What does I that do mean? That. I do do does that. that. Mean every moment of every day. In your mind and all through everything that's going on in your life, every little thing that's going on, you do. It's, it's like, okay, Jesus, what would you do? Help me to be more like you. Help me to mm-hmm. think how you would handle this situation I find myself sitting in my desk in my office working on the computer, and my mind is praying. Yes, exactly. Not right. sometimes for uh, help me solve this engineering oh, issue, well. perhaps, or yeah. but maybe it's not. Maybe it's personal with with one yep. of my fellow workers or Amen. something. Amen. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah well, I, I think the only way to really solve this or crack this case is, well— a little of all what you guys said. I mean, it has to be constant prayer. It has to be looking back on our former victories, on our past victories. I mean, we, I've had some sins in my life that I thought I would never conquer. Yeah, right you know that many, I would thought many. I would never overcome yeah. without being too specific. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they were things that were so debilitating that you know you just thought for sure that you you were going to go to hell for it's this. Like, stuff. You're lost, and you can't do nothing about it. And you and I overcame them. Yeah. Well, I say me, but the Lord, but that's, I know. But that you know, that's a temptation. We say, "I, yeah, because I cannot overcome no, them." Exactly. No, no. just like no. when I was a junkie, it was like I'd rig up a bump and I was doing it, and I'm like, "This one's going to kill me," and I couldn't stop myself. And like, just like you were saying, I knew I was going to die a junkie, yeah. and I couldn't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop myself at all, and I didn't want to die a junkie, and. Thank the Lord, and it is. And here you are. Here you are with us today, Ricky. (laughs) Not a junkie anymore. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, another question that they asked here that I thought about for quite a while, it says, what choices can you make that can allow this power to work more freely in your life? Mm. And I I was, well, one of the things that I've struggled with a lot is appetite. And I was thinking, you know, um, I shouldn't have things around that are hard for me to resist, <laughs> that I know are not good for no. me. I shouldn't have them in the cupboard. Okay, so that's part of the choices. Yeah, that's a choice I can make. Um, what are some other things you can think of that might help us um, to be successful? Uh, I, I liked how you put that. I mean, it's like if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It, it's... We have to do little things like what you were saying, making it so it isn't so tempting because we almost want to be tempted by mm-hmm. the temptation. And uh, Sin is pleasurable. Yeah. For a time. For, for a, a time. time. For a season, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Twinkie tastes good until you get it down, and then you're like, oh, where did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I haven't eaten a Twinkie in probably. <laughs> but ice cream's a pretty big one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it, it's, it's other areas of our lives, too. I mean, 
it's important that we spend time in the word. Mm-hmm. It's inspor- yes. important that we spend time in prayer. And yet there's so many thousands of things every day that, you know, they're screaming for attention. And the still small voice we kind of shove aside, I'll get to it later, I'll get to mm-hmm. it later, I'll get to Good it later. Yeah. Somehow we need to make um, connecting with God first. First. First, first and foremost. In all things. Amen. And, and so uh, that goes back to what... And what, that's a choice. Yeah. yeah. And, and so... Putting God first, seek ye first the kingdom of a God, and then all these things shall be those, added unto mm-hmm. you. All those mm-hmm. little things will yeah. be taken care of. And it seems like we have to be in overdrive all the time to get all of our little things done now. And not all of those things are bad things, but we have to be selective because there is so much out there yeah. that possibly could take up our time that we have to make God first. And first in all of those things. Mm-hmm. And all those things that we have to take care of. It's like, Lord, how would I help me with this? I mean, uh, right? Wouldn't that be all right if he's helping you through whatever you're going through, helping you get the job done, but you're calling upon him? Oh. Yeah. You're adding him, including him, in your tasks. Yes, and somehow when we make him first, a lot of these other things don't seem so important anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go on to Wednesday's lesson. I like this little plaque that someone saw in a, in a person's home. It said, why pray when you can worry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, I, I've known some people that they just worry about everything, and nothing you say or do for them will ease their worry. Um, when our life becomes all tied up, we need to give it to God and let him untie the knots. How do we do that? Yeah, it's interesting. We think that this worry is somehow our due diligence. Like if we don't put our certain time in with the worry, then these things won't get solved, <laughs> you know, somehow or another. We um, think we can solve them. Yeah, yeah, like like we're forsaking our duty at the post if we don't sit here and, and commit ourselves to, to worrying about something. And it's crazy. Uh, yeah. And it's senseless because we are powerless over it. The situation, all of it, is in God's hands. What can well, we really do about it? I would it? say we're powerless over a lot of it, but some stuff we worry about. Okay, so just talking about myself here, but like I'm a procrastinator. And I'll not do something, and then I'll worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of getting out there and doing something. (laughs) I've done that, too. (laughs) Well, in 1 Peter 5, 7, Peter uh, quotes from Psalm 55, 22. And so I'd like to turn to Psalm 55, verse 22, and read that verse. Psalm 55, verse 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Okay. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Never. Never. So it's not, if we move, that's not, that wasn't his choice. That was our choice to move. When when Peter alludes to it in 1 Peter 5, I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. He says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Hmm. How hard is it to humble yourself? Uh, well, it depends on the circumstance. If you're already in that mindset of, you know, where you're you're kind of in the humble mood, and sure, it's easy. But when you're in the middle of a fight, let's say, and you're like trying to prove a point, that becomes immensely difficult to to humble yourself at those points. Uh-huh. Or say- I just I just went through that this week. My my wife had told me to do something, and and I, she was wrong clearly, and I was <laughs> right. Um, but it turns out she was right, and and I. <laughs> oh, you admitted. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I finally did, but in a roundabout way, and it was, I boy, I tell you, I'm like, you know, it was tough. I'd rather have just had all my teeth knocked out. Than... 
But I did it, and, and I actually tested God, and I, I told him, I, I said, God, if, if I'm right, make it thus and thus. If she's right, make it thus and thus. And my answer came immediately. Wow. Like, and, uh, uh, and I, then I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> I <had> to, <laughs> but you humbled yourself, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, probably not to God's satisfaction, no. Uh. But it was the best I could do at the moment, you know. And, of course, after the motions and everything are behind you behind you yeah and then it's easier and easier to to, to humble yeah, yourself because next time you're going to because now it's going to be a next time there's going to be a next time <laughs> until it's until it's perfected isn't that what dave was saying yeah. you, you tend to go through the same things over and over until you get them right so just you might as well yeah. just get it over with and yeah. humble yourself right what is the opposite of humble pride of course mm-hmm. arrogance yeah haughtiness um the things that we all hate in other people. Why are we doing them? <laughs> well, we don't see it. You're you're yeah, an I'm arrogant different. and a pompous and this and that. And we're I, I think of Pharisees whenever I hear that. Uh-huh. Or politicians. Um, or politicians. Yeah. Oh, scary. Very. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peter said we should cast all our cares upon God, and in the quarterly here it says to cast means to do just that—to throw, to give away. So that what is causing the aching and the concern no longer has a connection to you. Huh. Why is that so hard for us to do? Why do we want to hang on to these things and stew over them and worry about them and fuss about them and, you know? That's a good question. I don't know, because it's, it's miserable. It is miserable. It's not doing you any good Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Uh, It doesn't bring you any pleasure whatsoever. And from what I have heard, that like worrying and stuff even causes stuff like cancer or uh, diseases or sicknesses. It does cause a disease. Well, as I was thinking about this this week, I came to the conclusion that the reason I don't want to let go of things is because I'm still thinking that there is some way I can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's And right. that's my pride rising up, um. that I think there is some way. If, if I do this right, if I, you know, fool around enough, I'll eventually solve it. And I don't want to give it up. Uh, mm. You want the power still. That's right. I want the power. It seems too easy and too good to be true that we could just give something to God. Yeah, that's too easy. We like to, we're humans, okay? We like to feel like we've done something. Mm, We've accomplished something. The accomplishment, the control. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to give up. I don't want control. I really don't. I know what I do when I'm in control, and it's not good. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) I don't like it. Uh. (laughs) Maybe our biggest problem is that even though we believe that God knows about it and can fix it, we don't believe that he will resolve it in the way we would like it resolved. That's a big Mm -hmm. one right there. Mm -hmm. That's the big one. Uh. Yeah. Solve it every way but this one. (laughs) We already know where you're going to go with it, but we don't like that. (laughs) That Fic- seems like always the case, don't it, really? Mm-hmm. Fix my sin without having to allow me to go through these trials. No. I mean, because, you know, when you're asking for certain sins to to disappear, it's gonna they're life-changing, right? Mm-hmm. Things are going to change. Things are going to be different. And do you really want them to disappear? And do you really want them to go away? <laughs> Being an engineer makes this even more difficult. I have lists of things, procedures that I follow. And there are outcomes that are, they just have to be because of the, pr- the process I went through. Uh, and if I apply that to my everyday life, uh, I have a plan. And if I do this, 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 and this, everything will turn out right. Huh. Wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't always turn out right. I've got that same kind of, you know, mechanical brain where I have to, like, relate everything to to cause and effect. Yeah. You know, what's making this wheel turn? Oh, it must be this wheel over here. And I do that with, with how God structures things as well. Mm-hmm. And I have to be able to understand the, the components that actually make everything move. 
you know, and if I don't, I, you know, and, and God tries hard to do that. He tries hard to explain everything to us because nothing's hidden mm-hmm. in God's uh, realm. It's just our, our brains are broken. It's an inability to be able to comprehend yeah. the greatness of who he is and, and how he structures everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's past finding out. <laughs> I don't know. He's, But yet he does give us layman terms. I mean, yeah, he's past find, finding out. I mean, we'll never search the end of who God yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, he's unsearchable. Uh, oh. He but allows he, us to make mistakes. Yes, he does. But everything is for the glory of him, right? And everything, even through our mistakes, he still can work with them, right? Yeah. So, so there's always hope. Well, we're running out of time, and I just want to touch on this last uh Thursday's lesson in Isaiah verses chapter 40 verses 27 to 31. I'm going to read it real quickly. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Israel at this time was in the Babylonian captivity, and they thought, a lot of them, that God had totally forgotten about them. So God has to remind them that he is there, that he's all-powerful, that he cares about what they're going through. How often do we have to have that same experience? How often do we have to say, God, where are you? Before we start thinking, Satan's attacking, God must be working really hard. Yeah. Which is really our at, what our attitude ought to be. So that, we should be thinking, yeah, like you just said, kind of like, the Lord is totally with me right mm-hmm. now, or else this wouldn't be going on. That's right. <laughs> when Satan attacks, it's because he knows something good is happening in our lives. Amen. And he doesn't want it to continue. Yeah, that's right. I walk around my office complex during the day and stop in different offices and uh, just to see what people are thinking. And it's really interesting, a couple of them in particular, Look what's going on in there in our political world. It falling apart. What's what's going on? And they're panicked. And all I tell them, God is in control of this. He's quite aware of what's going on. And he is working to bring about his intended end. Mm. Yeah, Do you want to know about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that goes back to what you guys were talking about, about this control, about this wanting to worry about something mm-hmm. that we have yeah. no control over. Yes, It's yes. like somehow, because if God doesn't exist, this world is all we have. And by God, we better save it, right? Uh-huh. If this world is all we have, but this world is not all we have. Uh-huh. And the redeemed know this, and, and God is trying hard to tell the world this. Look, we got something better. This is just rags that, you, that we're going to be leaving behind here. This, yeah. is, this is the remnant of what Satan has done to mankind on this earth. This right. is just what's left over. Right. It's garbage. It's a... Jesus has got brand new for us. Uh-huh. But um, listen, guys, we're already out of time. So uh-huh. um, thanks, Dave and Ruth, for teaching this lesson. What a yeah, great lesson. A you guys did an excellent job. They're I got awesome, a lot out dude. of it. Dude, I love them. I love them when they do studies. Yeah. What, do, what do you guys think? What, what do you guys think of the lesson? I, I, I just loved it. Um, if you guys have any comments, uh, whether you agree with uh, what's been said, what do you, you know, or whether you disagree, please put them in the comments below. And, uh, you know, if you're joining us live, thank you so much. I, I've been failing to kind of mention that we do come live every Sabbath, uh, nine o'clock uh, mountain time, is it? Yes, mountain mountain, mountain daylight savings. Uh, if your if if your state doesn't have daylight sa- savings, um, so and we'd love to have you and join us on Rumble too. We're on Rumble where these uh, these are going to be uploaded to YouTube, Rumble, uh, Spotify, Anchor, um, and so we're trying to get the message out there. Be sure and give us a thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, 
um, you know, that helps the algorithm, helps other people to see it. And we're so thankful for you guys joining us. And we couldn't, you know, I mean, without you guys, why would we even do this? You know, so that's what we're doing. We're reaching out to you guys, um, the audience. So Amen. thanks for joining us. And um, thanks, everybody here. We want to give a shout out real quick to Bertha. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Pushing the buttons behind <laughs> the scenes there. She couldn't do it without her either. Nope. And uh, let's say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this lesson. And every week, we're just we're taught a little bit more about your character. Every day, every day we open your word. And Lord, we just ask that you'll continue to just lead us and guide us to guide your people into paths of righteousness. And, and uh, we just thank you so much for your son, for the death of your son, Amen. for the tremendous sacrifice that he has given for all of mankind. In your heavenly name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, good lesson, guys. Man, I'll awesome. tell you what, I was This whole really, quarter has been really good. It has really just been super, I tell you. It's yeah. just unbeatable because it just so much is applies to every single day.